site of the original house, an extension. One window downstairs, one up, and in line with the rest of the house so that the whole building was balanced. The extension had been built a long time ago, and of the same local stone, which had weathered almost to match the original. The windows were not so small that one couldn't see who, friend or foe, was approaching, but were not over large because of the need to keep the cold out in the winter. It was exactly the kind of house Frances had thought when she set eyes on it for the first time that she used to draw as a small child, except that hers had had diamond lattice windows, which were to her then the height of desirability, and roses and hollyhocks in full bloom round the door. Everything was quiet, so still that she could hear the sound of the beck from which the house took its name as it rushed down the east side of the building before it went under the road on its way to join the river. From her handbag she took out a massive key, quite separate from the enormous bunch of assorted keys the estate agent had given her, then walked through the porch, inserted the key into the lock of the heavy-looking front door, and turned it. The action was as smooth as silk. A turn of the knob, a slight push, and the door swung open. Stepping into the hall, she bent down to pick up two square white envelopes from the floor. No catalogues. No offers of new window frames, bargain-price painting and decorating, no takeaway menus. Was it possible that junk mail had not reached Cordale? She opened the envelopes. Both contained cards from friends in Brighton, wishing her well. Brighton seemed so far away, already a foreign country, which eventually she would perhaps remember with some affection, but had no plans to visit again, yet it was no more than twenty-four hours since she'd left it behind. She had waited until the removal men had packed the last of her furniture into the van, which had called first for her mother's things, and she had waved them off down the road. Then she and her mother had at once got into the car, and she'd driven away, on her part without a backward glance. Her mother had been all but silent, hardly speaking at all until the M23 and the M25 had been left behind, and they'd stopped at a service station on the M1 to fill up with petrol. I think we should have something to eat here, Francis had suggested. It's a fair way to the next one. They'd looked at the menu board, from which Madge had chosen fish and chips. You find a table, Francis said. I'll see to the tray. Haddock and chips, bread and butter, and a pot of tea, Madge said a few minutes later, tucking in. And I feel I'm up north already. I dare say this'll be a decent pot of tea as well. Thirty years of living in the South had never totally eradicated Madge Fraser's west-riding accent, but now, with her nose pointing due north, it was already strengthening, the vowels spreading out and flattening, as if she was getting herself ready for what was coming. We're still a long way off, Mother, Francis warned. Well over two hundred miles to go. We're hardly in the Midlands yet. We're going in the right direction, Madge had said. That's what counts. From here on, it's straight up. I hope I'm going in the right direction, Francis had thought, as fed and watered they drove on again. I hope it's right for both of us. It suddenly all seemed so final, that last locking of the door, taking the keys around to a neighbour as arranged. And am I right, she'd asked herself, though it was already too late to ask to be bringing my mother all this way.
letting her, encouraging her in her seventies to sell up, leave her home and start again? Or am I being incredibly selfish? She'd put the question before, out loud. You could look at it this way, her mother had said. You could say, I'm returning home, going back where I came from. Well, not Cordale, of course, when your dad and me went up there at bank holiday weekends and so on, on our bicycles we went before you came on the scene. <laughs> I never thought I'd end up living there. I never thought I'd live anywhere outside the West Riding, and look where I got to. When the shipping firm Tom Fraser had worked for since leaving school closed down in the fifties, it had never quite recovered from its wartime losses, and he was left with a moderate payoff but no job. He had reached the biggest decision of his life, possibly the only decision of any consequence he had ever made, and as it turned out, ever would. Why don't?